Welcome to Sex Spoken Here with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I am a sex coach and relationship psychologist and created this show to help you solve any sexual problems, learn about all things sexy, sensual, and intimate, and create your ideal lasting relationship. In my virtual therapy room, I answer questions, interview experts, and provide tips that you can use straight away. Listen in weekly as I share key strategies to help you create a problem-free, exciting sex life. Make sure you join us to be up to date on all events and to easily access coaching at www.the-intimacy-coach.com. Welcome to my virtual therapy room. I'm Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, and this is Sex Spoken Here. As this podcast contains adult material, if you don't have total privacy, you might want to wear headphones. So today I'm starting a series on the care and feeding of your vagina. The vagina is a wonderfully complex organ that can provide us with great pleasure like orgasm. It experiences many changes throughout the lifespan. And surprisingly, many women and many men know very little about what to expect. So in this series, we'll be looking at issues from cleanliness to menstruation periods, to childbirth, to menopause, and beyond. Joining me today is Bonnie Gale, body image expert and the founder of Sex Butter. She educates on feeling comfortable and confident in and with your body, as well as vaginal and sexual health. It's all an inside job. Her product, Sex Butter, is a sexually empowering pleasure enhancement and personal lubricant made with organic plant-based oils infused with messages of love and healing. Bonnie's experience being thrown into a traumatic menopause overnight caused many challenges with her sex life when walking around became dry and painful. At the age of 41, Bonnie was diagnosed with vaginal atrophy, which she healed holistically with her product, Sex Butter, and a jade egg. Now Bonnie teaches vaginal and sexual health to women worldwide. Hi, Bonnie. It's great to have you. Hi, good morning. No, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So let's start with a definition of vaginal atrophy because I bet you lots of people just don't know what that means. Oh. <laughs> so like literally, just, just like if you don't work out any of your other muscles, your arms, your legs, everything else, the muscles actually start to kind of die. And, you know, the interesting thing is, is that I was doing Kegels at the time. And so I thought that I had good vaginal health. I thought that I was building up my vaginal muscles, but that doesn't always work when certain, when your body changes radically overnight. Okay. So for, I'm not going to assume that, that people know anything. Um, because I've long since learned that the things you think everybody knows, they don't know. So for the audience, okay. Kegel exercises are exercises to tighten the PC muscles, which are the muscles that surround the, the vagina, really. They go from the vagina to the perineum, which is that area between your vagina and your butt. And deep in, and these are the muscles that give you the structure that allows you, for example, to hold your urine when you're 
when you gotta go. Full, you know, um, which is something they that they don't tell you about, right? That like as you get older, it's not childbirth that necessarily loosens these, it's age. Just like we start losing collagen in other places, we lose some there too. And so sometimes even if you are doing kegels, because the muscles stretch, you'll still find yourself with what they call stress incontinence over here. So that's like you sneeze, you laugh, if you're running, if you're dancing, you lose a little bit of urine. Um, and so Kegel exercises are designed to tighten all that up and keep all that fit. And so what you're saying is, is that even though you were doing all these things, the hormonal changes meant that you didn't have, it didn't help, you didn't have the tone. Exactly, exactly. And I went into a very traumatic menopause, so that's not the case for most women, you know. Um, it just, and I didn't know right away that I had vaginal atrophy. I just knew that I was walking around in pain. I didn't even have to be sexually active at the time. And I was like, what is going on? And I had, you know, all these, you know, go-to friends, some of whom were older than me, some who were my age. And I was like, have you ever experienced this? Have you experienced this? Everybody's like, no, no, I don't even know what you're talking about. I even asked my mother, <laughs> but my mom was on hormone replacement therapy from the time she was, you know, probably 40 years old. And so she didn't experience any symptoms of menopause. So she just didn't know even what I was talking about. And finally, I eventually got to a doctor, which is like my most unfavorite thing to do, but it was time. And the doctor said, you know, you have vaginal atrophy. And so I was like, okay, so what do I do about this? Use lube and have sex more often was the answer. Well, that's interesting to me because, I mean, I know that um, the hormone changes can cause all sorts of things. And that even when you're on hormone replacement therapy, that doesn't necessarily manage these things. In fact, it doesn't necessarily manage them at all. Um, and so um, I call it the razor blade effect. That's the thing nobody tells you about. And suddenly one day you're having sex and it's fine. And the next day you're having sex and it feels like the dildo or the penis or the fingers, whatever you're having, whatever it's doing the penetrating is a razor blade that's cutting you inside. And initially... I knew nothing about that. And my initial experience with that, nobody had ever talked to me about this, was really frightening. I mean, I had no idea what was going on. Um, and I took myself off to a doctor and because I tried a bunch of lube because that was my first thought. It was like, okay, well, um, let's be logical. It's dryness, right? I'm in menopause. Even though I do some hormone replacement, it's dryness. That's what's going on. And so I used a whole load of lube and it made no difference whatsoever. And that really freaked me out. So I went into the doc and I said, you know, what's going on? And um, she didn't, I mean, because I guess I wasn't at a stage of atrophy, but she, she wasn't, so what she was talking about was that you're losing the plumpness, right? So you're moving in that direction. So what's happening is, and, and this can happen for a whole host of reasons, and women don't realize that, is that it's, it, the elasticity starts to, to go and the collagen starts to disappear. So that plumpness, and that's when you talk about walking and feeling pain. It's not necessarily because you're dry. It's because you're, you're rubbing against yourself. Right. You wouldn't have before. 
Exactly, exactly. Not only that, the vaginal lining thins inside. And so even the tissues inside are not protected anymore because the vaginal lining used to protect the tissues. So now the tissues have exposure that they didn't have. And a lot of times they can get dry and they can start to tear and they can get very delicate, you know? So <clears throat> that can even be happening too, you know, simultaneously. Even just walking around can, can irritate that. So just like the skin on women's faces thins, you know, if you look at a woman in her 80s and, you know, or 90s and you see that paper thin skin and that that's something to realize that you've also got that going on internally as well. And so you develop this not only for lubrication, but actually to try and put some of the stuff that you're losing back, correct? Absolutely. Yes, I did. <clears throat> so I wanted, I, so when I went to, um, I had a microbiologist who developed this with me. You know, I basically told him what I was experiencing and what I wanted to do. And I wanted, I wanted healing. I wanted to hydrate the area. I wanted to keep it antifungal, antibacterial because menopausal women are like one of the largest groups of women that are contracting different diseases because a lot of them are not using really protection because they're like, oh, I don't have my period anymore, so I'm not gonna get pregnant, so I don't need to use protection. But meanwhile, there's like all these other things that come along with not doing that. So I would, wanted something antifungal, antibacterial. I wanted something that felt good, that smelled good, that tasted good, and that made a person feel good when they used it. Like I wanted something that really like it just really got you into your body. Like so many women are literally in their heads when they're trying to have sex and then they want to have an orgasm. They want to have all this pleasure, but they don't know how to because they can't literally feel into their bodies. And then that's interesting to me. And I think there's a big disconnect that goes on, particularly when problems start to happen. But also for some women, it's a continuation of a lifetime's worth of disconnect. Um, yes. so I decided to do a series on the care and feeding of vagina, not so much for those of us who are slightly older, but actually to address everybody, because I was horrified that um, young women that I'm coming into contact with know as little as we did when we were in school and we were being educated and sex education wasn't great then. And unfortunately what I'm discovering is it's very patchy these days as well. So what you just said about, you know, so menopausal women decide that they, you know, they're not going to use birth control. So they stop using condoms, which if you're thinning, if your tissue is thinning, it's probably one of the worst things you can do because many sexually transmitted diseases are transmitted best when they get into the bloodstream. And so you are now have thin skin and you tear more easily and you're not putting any barrier between whatever the infection is and you. Exactly. And not only that, menopausal women are, I think the largest group of women that are getting like UTIs and yeast infections that are being, that are happening because of sex, you know, for that same exact reason, you know, the pH is off. So the body, you know, start has bad, too much bad bacteria in there, and what ends up happening, you end up having a UTI or a yeast infection, and that's really not fun either. Isn't part of the UTI thing also, though, and for those 
mean, because we use different, everybody uses different um, acronyms, UTI, urinary tract infection, um, bladder mm-hmm. infection, people sometimes call it. Isn't that partly a result also of that um, a lack of tone? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And, and yeah. so that makes that- it harder to push bacteria out, which is what your body would automatically do. Um, so you would recommend to people, I presume, if they're going to use the product, not only to use the product, but also to do something to strengthen the area. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I like to tell people like, personally, I like eggs made out of crystals rather than metals. Personally, that's just my personal preference. So there's so many things that you can do. So the eggs come in different kinds of crystals. So like some people like, you know, the rose quartz because it represents love, you know, obsidian represents, you know, good, you know, all good things and abundance. And, you know, our vagina is an area of where we co-create from. So there are different eggs for different purposes, but personally, I feel that when I use the egg, the way that I used it is I used the sex butter to be able to insert it easily. And I literally would rub a little bit of it inside all over the place and then insert the egg. And then I would go to sleep and let the egg work in its in my sleep. So I didn't even have to really do anything. That was so great. Some people I know will literally wear them and walk around with them during the day. If you do that, I'm going to just give you a warning. Don't wear a G-string because, God forbid, it slips out. You could have a little embarrassing moment. And, and that could be funny, too. But you know what I'm saying is, like, for me, I like things that are alternative, that, you know, you don't have to necessarily do a lot of things, you know, to try and get them to work. And so that's, you know, my personal preference. But, yes. So, I mean, and for those who don't know, I mean, jade eggs, the original ones were jade um, and ivory. And if, if you go back um, and look at um, Eastern cultures, you'll find that there were many different types out of many different materials. And they were for exactly the same purpose that people are using them now, which is to strengthen the muscles. And sometimes um, women, you know, when you say walk around with it, you have... The idea is you've got to hold it in you. Yes. Which is harder than one than one might think, even if you've never given birth vaginally. Um, what some women who have been pregnant don't realize is it is if the um, baby had their head down in that area and there was pressure in that area, even if they didn't give birth, they'll still have um, less tone than they would. Mm-hmm if um if the baby's head never made it that far down so um it isn't it isn't necessarily easy but the idea is that you practice and like any other muscle group you practice building it up for those people who prefer more modern gadgets um there's uh kegelate which actually is a will electronically stimulate the muscles so you don't do anything there you don't clench you don't do anything it you set the program, you put the probe in and it does its thing. But there's also things like LV, which is also one that it's got an app and it connects to, to the iPhone, but it doesn't electronically stimulate you. It reminds you that you have to, to exercise. So it, what you are doing the work rather than, you know, the Kegelate is kind of like slender tone internal slender tone you know you don't do the work that's funny so it's just doing the work and you're just laying there basically mm-hmm. 
Whereas LV, and there's a bunch other, but that's the one that comes easiest to mind to me right now, is one where it will remind you that you have to squeeze. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it, it, there are a bunch of different, I mean, there are ones with like all sorts of bells and whistles. Um, and then there are traditional Benoit balls, which instead of being egg shaped are round, and you can get those mm -hmm. in the traditional metal um, that kind of clack together. They're rather interesting. Um, sometimes you can get them in gold and silver, you know, um, but there are also ones made out of medical grade silicon and companies mm -hmm. like Lilo, for example, have a variety of different things that are specifically made to be um, stimulation for you, for your Kegel muscles rather than for anything else. So um, how long did it take you before this reversed, before you became comfortable walking around instead of feeling really painful walking around? Well, okay. So I would say that it started, like it started to change, you know, within a week. Mm -hmm. And but within three months, I was walking around pain-free, I wasn't sleeping with the egg every night. You know, maybe I was doing it once a week. Um, so, you know, it just it just took a few months really to really kind of really reverse itself. And I've never, ever had a problem since. <coughs> I do continue to use, you know, the jade egg and the sex butter, you know, on a weekly basis. And I do continue to do kegels. So I am actively pursuing you know, making sure that those muscles stay strong. And I think, you know, for the audience, so I have, um, you do two versions. You've got sex butter, which actually has the um, uh, pep peppermint in it. And so it's also stimulating. Um, and then boudoir butter, which doesn't. Um, so it's it's lovely and nice, but it's, it's not got that stimulating effect. And um, right. I've used both. And I think um, I actually prefer the sex butter. Um, and and I'm and I'm talking about using it not for a lubricant. I'm talking about using it just daily for personal lubricant as opposed to a sexual lubricant. Um, it's um, the texture of a bomb. Like I mean, you could conceivably use it as a lip balm. It it would be no different. <laughs> yes, and people do. Yeah, you know, and it, it works for your lips. I mean, you know, it's funny. I always tell people it works on both sets of lips. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's because because the ingredients are appropriate for both. And um, it's um, that extra kind of peppermint is actually quite soothing if you're having a day where you're particularly dry. Um, now, some women get um, a variety of skin conditions, so it's not just menopause. So you could, if you're somebody who has um, vaginal psoriasis. Yes, vaginal psoriasis does exist. Um, and, and women get horrified when you say that. Um, but it does exist. And, I know. And, and, and it can be quite, quite um, painful. Um, so it's like, um, like any other psoriasis, mad itch and lots of pain. Um, and yeah, I would think it would be a little debilitating. It can be. You know, honestly, because you know, whenever somebody is feeling, you know, a, an extreme amount of pain vaginally, 
and I'll just the only reason that I say this is because not only my experience but I met a cancer survivor when I had first created the first round of sex butter and I was only using it personally I wasn't you know promoting it or selling it or anything like that and what I didn't know is a lot of women after they've had chemotherapy especially for female cancers so like breast cancer or uterine or vaginal or you know cervical cancer that they get thrown into complete menopause because of chemotherapy or because of maybe the surgeries that they had mm -hmm. and you know and everything can be they can feel like they have a UTI overnight which is just like this sharp burning stinging pain and it's like and to walk around feeling that all the time it affects everything that you do not just your sex life yeah no I mean managing UTIs if you're if you're somebody who's ever had frequent ones. I mean, I said, so the other time in life that that's really, uh, there were three times in life, I think for women that that's a real issue. One is around menopause or after menopause. One is when during pregnancy and the other is um, when you first become sexually active. So university or honeymoon cystitis, you know, it, it is what it used to be known as. And, right. um, and that sense of pain and pressure, that constant sense of pain and pressure is horrific. And there's no, you know, no matter how much liquid a person is drinking, if you don't have some form of anesthetic, it's, it's actually, as you say, it's quite debilitating. So there's that. Yeah. And, and then there's all the skin conditions. And I think that's the other thing that, you know, women think, oh, well, menopause, you know, that's, that's not me. I'm too young for that. But, you know, there's a whole host of women out there who have psoriasis, who have eczema. Um, and there's an, um, another lichen, um, and I'm going to forget the rest. I think I was going to say lichen planus, but I think that that's wrong. I think that's feet, but it's, it's a kind of um, uh, another kind of skin condition. That's quite similar to um, psoriasis where you've got plaques. So plaques is buildups of skin and it's very uncomfortable. It's unbelievably uncomfortable. And so um, I think women, when they're thinking about this, they have to be very careful about what they use in order to lubricate the area and deal with the area because anything that has um, chemical loads of chemicals will exacerbate any one of those skin conditions. So often in this country, in the United Kingdom, they recommended something called E45, which is like sort of straight petroleum. It's kind of like, oh my god, it's like a cream. It's like it may not be petroleum. It's one of those. It's it's that's the exact opposite of what you would want to use. Yeah, so you would not like want to use petroleum. Oh my god! It's like a very, but it's like it's a one. And I'm I'm I'm, I'm I'll probably kick myself. Somebody's gonna you know write in and go, oh, it's not petroleum. So I'm just gonna type this in. Normally I wouldn't to get the ingredients. Because well, I know that in the no. United States they recommend Vagisil, and that's I, all petroleum. I mean, that's petroleum. I too. was wrong. I apologize. It's not petroleum. Okay. It's paraffin. Like paraffin wax. from paraffin. wax from a candle. Yeah, like like wax. So I can't imagine that that would be a good thing. I don't know. So that's what's recommended. It's a very straightforward. It's an emollient, and it's a very straightforward emollient. They don't add uh, scents. They don't add anything to it. So that's one set of options that people have. For many people, that helps. But for many people, it doesn't do anything. And they're desperate to look for something. And one of the nice things I think about sex butter is, is that the peppermint oil is not going to cause you a problem. 
And what it will do is cool the area down so it's soothing. And so you've got right. the the balm, the moisturizing, the plumping, the rehydrating, um, and the dealing with it because you've got the antifungal. And when you've got placky stuff, you're always prone. I don't know how many women realize this, but if you've got stuff that's like that, eczema, psoriasis, things like that, you're always prone to getting either bacterial infections or fungal infections because, you know, the area doesn't stay terribly dry because internally you're not, even if you're in menopause, internally you're not totally dry. So you get this kind of circular problem. And so you've got the cocoa butter and you've got the coconut oil which has that antibacterial property to it and the antifungal property to it. Well, and the shea, the shea and butter shea does butter. too. And then and the, oil. The, and the grapeseed. <clears throat> yeah. So all of that together calms the area right down. Right. And then the peppermint oil also, one of the good things about the peppermint oil, peppermint oil is great for nerve regeneration. Oh, interesting. So for women, so for women, like let's say that you've lost your libido, you know, you're not connecting to your libido. Sex butter is great for that. Like you literally, if you apply it inside and rub it around in less than three minutes, you will be starting to feel yourself down there. You start to get horny. You know what I mean? Like you'll be, you'll feel desire. So that's another one because that's um, that's another one that affects women through all parts of the lifespan. I mean, low libido is a huge, huge issue. And it's one of the huge taboo subjects that women don't talk about. Um, I'm doing care and feeding of the vagina for a few weeks. And then following that, it's dealing with the sexless marriage, the sexless relationship. What do we do about low libido, as, which is one aspect of that often? And how do we we conquered that. So it's like important to remember that often there are physiological inputs into that. And so right. tackling it isn't all psychological or behavioral. You also have to look at whatever's going on physically. Well, not only that, people think, oh, only old women have low libido or no libido. And that's not true. Even like post-pregnancy, I mean, I'm not talking the moment after you had a child, but I'm talking about like even months after you can have low or no libido. I mean, there's there are different times you can have low or no libido because of stress. I mean, you know, people think this is only, you know, if you're like this. And it's, you know what, it can be any of us. That's the whole thing. Well, and I think that's one of the things that for me, you know, prompted me to do this series is to, you know, you know, it's sort of tongue in cheek, the care and feeding of the vagina, but actually, you know, many of us don't don't really pay attention enough and don't take care of ourselves well enough. We rely on, um, you know, medical checks or we rely on partners. We, and actually, one of the things that's important to know is what your body does at different times so that you can pick up when something changes. Because the sooner exactly. you pick up on something like that, the easier stuff like that is to treat. So if you don't know what your vagina normally looks like or feels like during your cycle, you don't know what you normally smell like, then how are you going to know when there's been some form of change that actually signals that there's a problem? That's right. You have to be your vagina's best advocate. This is one thing I say all the time. And do you know, I mean, 
Lori, I'm, I'm sure you know this. I mean, there are so many women that have never seen their vagina. They have no idea what it looks like. Just even saying that to them, they want to cringe. Mm -hmm. You know, like they literally have rejected that part of themselves. And it's like, this is your beautiful flower. This is, this is where you came from. You know what I'm saying? Like, why is this such a big taboo? I don't understand. I don't get it. Well, I mean, I do think that, you know, part of it's a taboo because of the way in which um, society treats the vagina, women, femininity, and all of that. You know, there's there's um, a lot of taboo around female sexuality. So women don't learn. And one of the things that I was quite disturbed to hear, Peggy Ornstein gave um, a, a TED Talk at TED Women this year, and I was there, and she was talking about the current state of things. Um, she had been interviewing young women between the ages, I think, of 16 and 24. And one of the things that she said that I found quite sad is that it that women still look to their partner's pleasure before they look to their own. So she's interviewing these women and most of them didn't even consider their own pleasure. They worried about what they looked like when they were having sex rather than what they felt like when they were having sex. Um, Body image. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> Seriously. So, I mean, we're still not teaching pleasure and that's one of the reasons we're still not teaching pleasure. So we don't teach um, young women or young men, but it's easier for young men in as much as they can figure it out much more easily than young women do about self-pleasure, about their anatomy in anything other than a clinical way. So you'll see right. a diagram in sex education. It'll be a diagram of vagina and vulva and clitoris, and it'll show you all the structures and, and that's it. But women, as you say, many have never seen themselves. And so they can't relate that. And if you say, you know, take a mirror and, and have a look, it's like, oh, what this horrible thing that you said, right? You know, and yes. I mean, I always found it amusing. Like women didn't realize that all women look different. I know. There's this whole huge thing about labiaplasty where women hate the way that their vagina looks and they think that they ought to look like the girl in the magazine or in, in the porn film or the girlfriend that they saw in the gym, whatever it is, they think that their vulva ought to look in a particular way. And unfortunately, many are going for the Barbie, you know, which means it looks like nothing because Barbies have no vaginas or vulvas right. have like a bump. That's it. There's no openings. And many women think that that's what's attractive and they're actually getting surgery you know, in addition to the bleaching and the, you know, lip contouring and all of this stuff. And they have no... And I wonder what all of these things are going to be doing to them too. Like, if you're putting bleach down there, like, doesn't, doesn't that, isn't that going to affect you? Like, you know, the bleach doesn't just go topically into your skin. It goes into your body. It goes into your system. It's like, it's got to be bad. I mean, I don't know, but... I mean, even if you just looked at it topically... Even if that's all you looked at, it's going to dry the hell out of you. I mean, it it, it it's it, you know it, it's toxic to the to the layers of skin. So you're peeling and peeling and peeling. That's not good. Um, and there's you know there's really a culture around saying you know you know this is a, this is a worthwhile thing to do. It's a worthwhile thing to shape and reshape and decide. And I 
what I find frightening is that many of the women who are going for this sort of, of surgery have actually never looked at themselves to evaluate what they look like in the first place. So they look at themselves for the first time and think there's something wrong when actually they're right. perfectly normal. And instead of spending the time to like get to accept themselves, you know, they're going and they're going for surgery just as, you know, many women go for other sorts of exactly. surgery. Yep. No, it's definitely happening. And it's happening here in the U.S. too in a huge way. And, you know, I mean, it was very, I love, um, Naomi wrote a book, Vagina. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, forgot, I, I forgot her last name, the author that wrote well, the book, Vagina. And, you know, and it had all kinds of pictures and stuff. And I love that because women really need to see that, you know, they are beautiful. All vaginas are beautiful. And the differences is what makes them beautiful. They're all different and they all work differently. And what feels good to each woman is different also. And I think that it's really important that women understand that and know that so that they stop rejecting themselves so much. Yeah, most definitely. So, um, and it's Naomi Wolf who, who wrote yes. that. Um, I actually had yeah. the opportunity to see her speak when it came out. Mm -hmm. She came and spoke in the United Kingdom um, at, um, I think it was at the Royal Institution. It was fabulous. It was a great, a great lecture and talked about the, the kind of length of the research and the breadth of the research in doing this and the kinds of um, obstacles she ran into because of the research she was doing. So if people want to find you and they want to find out about Sex Butter, where can they find you? Okay, so they can find Sex Butter at the links below this. They can also find Sex Butter on your website, right? So what's your website? So mine is um, theintimacycoach.com and that will, um, within a few weeks we're relaunching and there's a products page where I have recommendations and links to purchase the things that I'm recommending. And so this is one of the sets of links that you'll be able to find on the page. In the podcast notes, there's a link to sex butter. There's also a link to um, Pandora's box and boudoir butter and boudoir butter. And there's a link to your Twitter feed. And I think Facebook we put, um, Oh, great. Perfect. So if they want to get in touch, they can just get in touch that way. Um, yeah. It would be really useful if people feed back what their experiences are. So if they try this Absolutely. Out, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you can always send me feedback at uh, sexbutter at gmail.com because I love feedback. I love hearing, you know, what you're experiencing. If you're having challenges, I'm here to help you learn how to use the product you know, I have helped many women just tell them just, you know, this is what you do. This is how to use it for specific issues that they've had and challenges. And I'm always happy to do that because, look, a happy woman, that just makes me happy, you know. That's great. Um, okay, so you heard it here. If you're finding it difficult to use or you want actually to consult with Bonnie before you start using the product and want more details about what the product makeup is and the way that she recommends using the products, you can get in touch with her directly at sexbutter at gmail.com. Yep. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really thank enjoyed you. this. Um, and thank you all for listening. This week on Sex Spoken Here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. 
Do write to me with suggestions for the show and any questions you want answered. The easiest email address is drbisbee at the-intimacy-coach.com. Follow me on Twitter, which is at Dr. Bisbee, and my YouTube channel was just relaunched, which is Lori Beth Bisbee. If you want a free 30-minute strategy session with me, head over to https colon backslash backslash the-intimacy-coach.com and click on the button that says schedule now. I look forward to seeing you next week for part two of this series and keep your questions and comments coming. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to Sex Spoken Here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes or on Stitcher. And make sure you head over to www.the-intimacy-coach.com to subscribe for free newsletter updates to help you create and sustain an exciting trouble-free sexual life. Stay tuned for upcoming weekly episodes on all topics, sexy, sensual, and intimate. Thanks for listening.